Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Here we go, 5 o'clock hour, Silver 7's, 25 minutes away from kickoff of Thursday night football. We'll have the Aces, WNBA basketball on tonight right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Adam Candy is the company. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota Studios at 525, whatever, 530, 532, whenever the game kicks off. Uh, beers, Bud, Bud Light, and Mick Ultra. The bottles go to seventy-seven cents. So come on down here. You got the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. You can bet the game and get some cheap brewskis. Take care of the servers and the bartenders. It's an all-around good time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Man, people got giddy yesterday, Candy, at UNLV's first media availability as. Uh, they got to see the new look Rebels. You know, people are looking down at the numbers like, okay, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. Uh, I threw out a little video. I'll have to throw out some more uh, later today or tomorrow. We'll get into some of the guys that people were fired up about. But, you know, one of the cool, thing is, uh, cool things is that they have some of the veterans back. We know that, and it, this is so it always sounds like an insulting term. Marvin Coleman truly is a glue guy, and he is a coach on the floor. He's back. We actually played an interview with Marvin yesterday, so good to see him back from – Injuries to both legs. But, you know, the big deal is with Bryce Hamilton. Uh, Bryce comes back. He is an elite scorer. He didn't have much help as the season went along last year, and they're hoping he's got a lot more help on the glass and with other uh, other dudes who can get downhill. Here's Bryce talking about what went into the decision. You know, you heard about, hey, maybe the NBA. Uh, Sam Gordon from the RJ is asking these questions here. What kind of feedback did you get through the NBA draft process? What did they say that they wanted you to work on? What did they say? Uh, I got a lot of good feedback, you know. Um, I got a lot of feedback about, you know, playing defense, you know, um, shooting, and, you know, just being able to prove that I'm a winner. You know, um, I'm able to – I'm happy to be able to show that I'm able to do all that, and um, I'm excited. What was the ultimate factor that, that brought you back to UNLV? Uh, I was mostly say Coach Kruger, you know. Um, you know, that relationship we had, you know, it's hard to just go to another school with a coach that you really don't know, and, you know, there's a lot of transfers and stuff. And, you know, with Coach Kruger, you know, we already had that good relationship. So I felt like that was the best decision. There you go. All right, what caught your ear, Candy? I like how candid Bryce Hamilton was about the feedback that he got through the draft process. Um, that's someone who sounds like he understands that he has clear needs to work on before he's considered ready. And the fact that he got the message, hey, we need you to work on your defense. We need you to see we need to see that you're a winner. We need to see you can be the guy for a team is kind of what I extrapolate from that because last season, in a way, Bryce Hamilton had that opportunity. Right? He was asked to play a lot of point guard. He had the ball in his hands a lot. It led to a lot of inefficient games for Bryce Hamilton and that UNLV team obviously was mediocre at best. So you could apply a lot of what Bryce Hamilton heard through that process, I think, to what you're about to see with Kevin Kruger's team coming in, right? I think you could apply it and say, okay, what is it about the identity of this team that's going to stand out, right? He wants to have more athleticism. I think we heard a lot about that. We want to see better defense. I think that that is probably a given uh, after what we saw in the last couple of years. Like, fans want a winner. That's not any sort of mystery, um, but when it comes to what Bryce Hamilton heard, I, I appreciate the fact that he spoke the way he did to Sam Gordon because I think it bodes very well for Bryce Hamilton to become a leader of this group if he's willing to accept the fact that 
no, you you are not without flaws, right? So many recruits get that that coddling and and that ego blown up. And he said, look, these are the things I have to work on. And I'm going to do it. I thought there were some interesting thoughts. I'm not going to say conclusions. Weaned from watching practice for like you know an hour or so. I thought the look of the team was exciting. They're much bigger. They've got big wings. They do have guys who can get downhill. Donovan Williams is going to be crazy to watch because he's a super athlete. And if he can actually play on the wing at 6'7", six, 6'8", six, that's a guy who came in from Texas. But um, I'm not ripping on our buddy Mike Ramallah, but I saw a couple of things. He said uh, a note from UNLV basketball practice, buy stock in Mike Nuga. So Mike Nuga's over from Kent State. He was a big scorer at Kent State. Um, I, I actually I do think he's going to be a nice player, uh, but we'll see how he adjusts to the step up in terms of play. And he also is coming off a knee injury, so I would be patient with him. This was interesting too. Micro TJ Altsberger wanted cerebral skilled players and didn't put an emphasis on athleticism while recruiting. Oh, uh, Kevin Kruger clearly wants big, long players who can run and jump and cover a lot of ground. It's a different approach and very easy to spot after just one practice. Huh. Okay. That should I take by extrapolation there that these are not smart players? Like, you know, talking about TJ Altsberger wants cerebral players. Kevin Kruger wants what, guys who don't think? Like, it doesn't really make well, sense that way. You, like, know, you know who the punching bag in this case is? And I actually think he, he could have played in the Mountain West Conference, and I think he – I believe he would have stayed in around another four years because he would have had the extra year of eligibility. I, I think Devin Tillis was going to be a good player and uh, maybe just wasn't this group's type of player. But uh, we'll see, man. You know, when you get you get bigger and athletic, it, it doesn't always mean that it always – you know, it's going to click defensively and – uh, this is a team that absolutely will have to find some shooters. They're going to have to have a couple of guys shoot above 37%, and I'm not sure that they have a ton of candidates who can do that. Uh, they're going to have guys who can shoot for volume, but th- those are kind of the big questions around this team. One little P.S. on the Mike Nuga thing. As we talk about steps up in competition and not getting too excited too early on, uh, did we consult David Jenkins on this? Because <laughs> did we not have recent experience to yeah. say, hey, skilled player, has performed well at a lower level. Let's give it some time to see how it works out. Slow yeah. down. And I thought for the most part Jenkins was a reliable scorer with, you know, he had some explosive games, but clearly the guy who brought him in got annoyed with David in terms of his consistency uh, defensively, and that's where that step up, uh, that's where David fell a little bit short, and now he stepped up again. Now he's at Utah in the Pac-12. Number four. Let's keep going, right? Keep going. All right, UTSA is on the docket for the Rebels. Wait a second here. Jeff Trailer is handing out free Whataburger. Taquitos? That doesn't make any sense to me. What's happening? Is this part of a promotion? Is that what that place is known for when it's named Whataburger? Or Whataburger? First of all, let's get the most important thing out of the way here. Yes. There might not be a more overrated fast food franchise Ooh. than Whataburger. Uh, what Whataburger? I like to do it with the uh, yeah. Northeast uh, well, and, and how they missed how how with all those Texas ties they missed out on getting JJ Watt uh, to be the spokesman. I don't know since people apparently love them so much that I assume they have all the money in the world. I uh, uh, get who I, they want. I'm sorry. I thought the burger was decent when I had it. It's fine, uh, but I know that Texans and people outside of the West like to bang on in and out I don't know that Whataburger is 
neck and neck with In-N-Out. You want to you want to go after In-N-Out for what it's not? I mean, you're not going to get me on your side, but I'll at least hear the argument. Yeah. You want to use Whataburger as your reason? There are people who who talk about like getting off the plane in a Whataburger city, and that's being the first stop once they get out of the airport. And I'm thinking to myself, why don't you value your life more than that? Like, that's just wasted time. Those are wasted calories you could have spent on something else. The fat spirit inside me gets mad. Like, listen, if you're going to go and, and go big, go big with something good. Anyway, point being, taquitos, no. Whataburger, no. Rebels by a million. Number three. Got him mad. Got him, got him real mad. Uh, top three stories. Oh, boy. Anti-vax or vax hesitancy. I bring in those stories on this show, and it's a friggin' hornet's nest. So I'm going to try it here. Jonathan Isaac spoke this week. Uh, he talked about why he's not vaccinated. He got the question. He answered it. He talks here about having the antibodies. With me having COVID in the past and having antibodies um, with my current um, age group and uh, uh, fitness, physical fitness level, um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine. Taking the vaccine, um, like I said, it would decrease my chances of uh, uh having a severe reaction, but it does open me up to the, albeit rare chance, but the possibility of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine itself. Okay. Candy? Acceptable explanation? Puzzling? Thoughts? All right, let's give NBA players credit before we talk about John. I, I, you know what? In you particular. have to do that. This is exactly what I was thinking, too. Yeah, I mean, let's start with... The fact that we heard today that 95% of NBA players are vaccinated. So we're into talking about edge cases here. And we have to because they're important to the national discourse about people who have vaccine hesitancy. But 95% of NBA players are vaccinated. The problem for me comes in a little bit in that Isaac quote and a little bit with, from, with what Michelle Roberts from the Players Association said. Talking about how... 90% of our players are vaccinated. This was yesterday. On average, 55% Americans are. The real story is not why vaccination isn't mandated in the NBA. The real story is for proponents of vaccination, how we can emulate the players of the NBA. I don't disagree about that, but don't tell us what the real story is. The real story is guys like Jonathan Isaac having a platform that millions of people are listening to and going against the scientific guidance that the federal government has put out there. The CDC has said, yes, even if you have had COVID, the guidance is to get the vaccine. And his argument is measured, and I appreciate it, but it goes against what we're telling the rest of the country, people who study this for a living, who don't play basketball for a living. Isaac also fired back at people who believe the unvaccinated are social lepers. The, the craziness of it all in terms of not being able to say that it should be everybody's fair choice without being demeaned or um, talked crazy to doesn't uh, make one comfortable to do what said person is uh, telling them to do. You know, I would say I, I'm hesitant at this time, but at the end of the day, uh, I don't feel that it is, um, you know, anyone's reason to come out and say, well, this is why or this is not why. It should just be their decision. And, um, you know, loving your neighbors, not just loving those that, that agree with you or look like you or uh, moving the same way that you do. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, loving those who don't. Now, this is a good discussion, and I can see both Ari and Candy's head exploding. Loving your neighbor. Take that and nothing else. If the vaccine is about stopping the public health pandemic, if it is about 
helping everyone, helping your neighbor, helping the people who are close to you, helping your loved ones, helping your teammates, if you want to just talk about sports, helping your coaches, helping the arena workers, helping your assistants who have to deal with you day to day, who are upset that they have a vaccine mandate from the NBA that you don't. That's loving your neighbor. That's loving the people around you. So I have no problem if there are people who have hesitancy about the vaccine. And we covered this in large part early, early on when we blew up that interview between Marshawn Lynch and Dr. Anthony Fauci when we talked about the the African-American community in particular has a history that supports hesitancy with vaccines. So that's an experience I haven't lived. But if we're going to talk about it from the perspective of love your neighbor, you love your neighbor, all of them, by doing what's right for everyone when you're talking about the albeit small, rare risk of an adverse, not adverse, reaction to the vaccine. Number three. Well, Joy Taylor will spit and fire. She's a talk show host with Colin Cowherd. She's getting to talk a lot more now on the show and especially – on the weekend, she does Fox Sports National. You can hear that over on Fox Sports 1340 right here in Las Vegas. That's our sister station. Uh, Joy went in on maybe not Johnny Isaac, but more on guys like Kyrie Irving because if you don't get vaccinated like uh, Andrew Wiggins and Kyrie Irving in their home venues, they may miss a bunch of games and some road games. It doesn't matter if you want to keep it private or not. It's very simple. You either are vaccinated or you're not. And the league and will tell you. And if you are not vaccinated, you won't be allowed in certain buildings. So it doesn't matter about privacy. We'll know because you're not going to be in the building. You won't be able to play in New York. You won't be able to play in Toronto. And you won't be able to play in the Bay. Kyrie Irving is facing, as an unvaccinated individual, playing in 38 of the 82 regular season games. I don't want to make this about Kyrie because when we make this about Kyrie, we get into the extreme edge case of a guy who is so polarizing, of a guy who has so many reasons for us to look at him and say, bro, are you all right? That I don't want to let that get to be the discussion around Kyrie Irving and the vaccine. But the vaccine itself, look, 95% of the players in the NBA have chosen to do it, and I don't believe that 95% have chosen it because they think it's the right move for their health. I think that there is a reasonable segment in there of folks who have chosen to do it because it's a job requirement. Because whether it's the jurisdiction, whether it's the league, whoever it is, and I get it, we're talking about the jurisdiction here, but everybody else except for the players has to be vaccinated in order to be a part of this. So... Why is it that those reasons that a Kyrie, a Bradley Beal, an Andrew Wiggins has, why are those more important than their team? Why are those more important than their employer? I guess maybe they're not. So if you don't want to participate in the rules that are set forth by your employer, that goes for any of us when it comes to our jobs. You don't want to do the job, that's fine, but the league has made clear you're not getting paid for those games either. Joy Taylor also said she's a little miffed with – Kyrie Irving because he's not being consistent when it comes to trusting or not trusting science. Kyrie's had multiple surgeries. So this whole, like, I don't trust the science thing, eh, just keep it consistent. I don't like all this flip-flopping, just saying stuff that doesn't mean anything. What are you talking about? If you don't believe in science, if you don't believe in doctors, don't get surgeries then. By the way, they put you out at surgery. 
They, they knock inject you, you with stuff. They inject you, knock you jabby, out. Jab, jab, jab. And, so you, and you want that jab. You want that jab. Or it's going to be very uncomfortable surgery for you. You want that jab. I'll go back to the Marshawn Lynch and Dr. Fauci video. But the frank discussion they had about certain demographics and their history with vaccination and with medical trust in the government. I'm not going there. I'm not getting involved in it. I'm not getting involved in splitting hairs with it. Go to the bigger point. Go back to Jonathan Isaac talking about loving your neighbor and doing the right thing for everybody around you. It's bigger than you. It's not just about you. It's about the people who have to work with you. It's about the people who love you and want to be around you. That's what we're talking about. Number two. So the game's a couple of days away. We get an extra day to uh, prep and publicize and talk about Raiders, Monday Night Football against the Chargers. I know you guys are all crunching the numbers. Derek Carr has been tremendous. By the numbers, he's been good. He's you know he's not at the top of the league. I think he's ninth on the uh, Pro Football Focus list through three weeks, it's, which is still very good. We've talked about him, you know, making that step into the top ten by the numbers through three games. He's done it. Uh, do you have some advice for the Chargers on what you've seen numbers-wise from Carr in terms of what he's been best at? I do, and if anybody needs to listen to me, it's Brandon Staley, the head coach of a 3-0 and football team uh, in the Los Angeles Chargers, but don't blitz him. Don't blitz him. It's not going to work. Um, the Derek Carr, who is phased by pressure and gets happy feet in the pocket and who throws the ball to the wrong person at the wrong time, has only appeared once this year. That was in the last game against Miami, and that wasn't about Derek Carr feeling the pressure and oh, no, I got to get rid of it. That was about guessing wrong. He and Foster Moreau were not on the same page. He guessed Foster Moreau was going to continue the route. Foster Moreau, by what the smart people that I have followed have said, did the right thing by cutting the route off. And so that ends up being a pick six. But the, the Derek Carr who gets phased by the blitz, he's not there. And more important than that, he's actually been really, really good against the blitz this year. You have faced in the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Dolphins, three of the most blitz-heavy teams in all of the league. And Derek Carr against those teams under the blitz has one of the highest pro football focus grades of any quarterback. Any quarterback. And if you go back over his last few years with John Gruden, they kind of fluctuated. His numbers against the blitz, not against the blitz, pretty even, not a huge split in there. But Derek Carr under pressure this year? I mean, he has been in the top half of the league, and there is, in pro football focus grade, almost a 20-point split between Carr under pressure, up in the high 90s in PFF grade, versus Carr not under pressure, which is still pretty good in the mid-70s. Hmm. Um, Derek Carr has improved on a lot of things. One of them is the depth of target against the Blitz. He's taking advantage of the fact that there are going to be one-on-one -on -one matchups deep you look at his numbers, over the last four years, average depth of target against the Blitz was about nine yards per attempt. This year, it's over 13. He's taking the deep shots against the one-on-ones, not only in regular situations, but especially when he can identify that he's going to have time to stand in the pocket because the other thing that's notable, time to throw for Derek Carr against the Blitz, 2.6 seconds. Time to throw with no Blitz, 2.6 seconds. He's standing in there. 
even when he knows he has this patchwork offensive line that hasn't been particularly great thus far, Derek Carr's a more confident quarterback. He's comfortable in John Gruden's system. He's taking the deep shots that we've said all along this Raiders offense has to do. It's a big part of why they're 3-0. Coming up in the next 10 minutes, we're going to give away some Vegas Golden Knights tickets to uh, exhibition game coming up. Stick around. you got to call in on that one. We'll tell you when to call in, and we're about eh, 10 minutes away. I'm talking to our buddy Mark McMillan, the former Eagle. He's been traveling around the country doing tailgates, and he's got some thoughts on the Raiders. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. I would, I would go upstairs and say, get him up out of here. Mm. Get him up out of here. You, you, we, we, we go in with a two-punch and a great shooter. And some rebounds like we got. Get his ass about here. Because now every day I have to answer questions about him and what he's doing. Now. Get his ass about here. I mean, but you, you asked me if, if I was on the team. And, you know, of course, if I played with him, I'd be in charge all the way, all day. So whoever owns the Brooklyn Nets, get him about here. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Yeah, that was Shaq. I don't agree with Shaq. I think the Sixers do need to battle this out a little bit, make sure they, if they're going to move Ben Simmons, they get something for him. So, uh, again, I don't agree. What happened? What's going on? What am I confused on? Who is he talking about? Different player. What's going believe on? I believe he's talking about Kyrie Irving. He, oh, Kyrie Irving. My bad. He My did bad. hit Ben Simmons earlier, My though. My bad. Play it again. I couldn't hear it. Vast sound crew is on it. I would, I would go upstairs and say, get him up out of here. Mm-hmm. Get him up out of there. You, you, we, we go in with a two-punch and a great shooter and some rebounds like we got. Get his ass up out of there. Because now every day All right, that's good. questions. So about- he never said Kyrie, but my misunderstanding. Um, so anyway, my elaborate setup for not agreeing. Uh, apparently San Diego State and Boise don't agree with Colorado State and Air Force about going to the AAC. They have uh, rejected them. That was out. Uh, just before the show, do you think now CSU and uh, Air Force will get cold feet that they couldn't drag the premier schools with them? No, because this is the appropriate move for schools on the level of Colorado State and Air Force if they don't want to be in the Mountain West anymore. You want to go and make what amounts to a lateral move, or maybe you think you're jumping ahead if San Diego State and Boise State are leaving to go somewhere else. I get that. Um, Because the article that uh, we saw from CBS Sports discussed that San Diego State, Boise State might just be waiting to see if they can get a Power 5 invitation, which is not out of the question. And if Colorado State and Air Force leave, and San Diego State and Boise State leave, then the Mountain West is the whack, and that's not going to be pretty. 364-1100-364-1100. Time for a winner. Vegas Golden Knights tickets. 10-7 game. That's next Thursday. Golden Knights preseason game against Arizona at T-Mobile. 364-1100-364-1100. You can get your own tickets at AXS.com. Talk to Ari. He'll get you hooked up with some VGK preseason tickets. Coming up, Mark McMillan. We're going to talk about uh, his Eagles. Uh, Also, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I'm definitely going to ask him about Doug Brumfield the 6'5", 205 redshirt freshman quarterback with UNLV. I'm not saying he's Randall Cunningham, but I do wonder how Randall got through much of his career as a tall guy running all over the field because uh, Doug Brumfield's having a little trouble staying upright. 
Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. He's back, baby. Mighty Mac, Mark McMillan, Silver 7s here on this Thursday. We chat about some college football, some NFL, but first we talk about your uh, road trips. You are going back to <laughs> Philly. Eagles, Chiefs, what is cooking this weekend? Oh, man, I, I, it's going to be a great weekend. And then they just announced that Shady is going to, uh, you know, retire as an Eagle, so they're going to honor him at halftime. So uh, that would be exciting. So I'll get a chance to, you know, take my family back to a game. Uh, obviously, it's, it's the Kansas City Chiefs against the Eagles, two of my uh, favorite teams I had a chance to play for. Um, and the tailgate scene is is amazing. So, you know, that's the fun part about it, man, getting out there with the fans and being able to tailgate. Uh, some of the setups that these people have is amazing. And I'm I'm stealing some ideas as well, you know, when I come up with my little tailgate set. But, you know, it, it's going to be a great time. I don't know how the Eagles are going to lay. I know Kansas City is coming in blazing. Uh, so it would be pretty interesting to see how this game plan, pans out. Let's go back to Monday night, the loss against the Cowboys. They weren't very competitive. And I saw you Ooh. tweeting a bunch that you, oh. didn't, you didn't like what you saw before the game, right, that it was way too relaxed on the Eagles side? It was just like it, leading up to the game. You know, the coach is wearing these beat Dallas T-shirts. Uh, he's wearing Jalen Hurts T-shirts. You know, I, I'm just thinking back, uh, uh, Buddy Ryan. Can you imagine Buddy Ryan walking around with a Randall Cunningham T-shirt on? That's not happening. You know, Belichick is not going to walk around with no Tom Brady uh, shirt on. So it's just a different different mindset from this coach, man. And uh, the way he's going about the, uh, you know, handling things. Obviously, it's only week three. But, you know, when you lay an egg like that in Dallas and not knowing the the magnificent of this rivalry, well, it's not a rivalry anymore because Dallas has been handling our butt uh, ten times over. So just to play, you know, I know Seth was going in hard. Seth Joyner was going in hard as well. It's about our defense, um, the offensive play call. We got the best player on our team is Miles, is Miles and they don't they only give him the ball, what, two or three times a game. Yep. And, you know, you can't beat the Cowboys like that. Mark McMillan is with us. Uh, in this matchup, I think the Eagles uh, will not be able to keep up with the Chiefs. But here's the thing. I don't know what the Chiefs' defense is right now. It doesn't look very good. Man, the Chiefs' defense is, is probably like that cheese whiz I'm going to have on my cheesesteak this weekend. But, you know, it, it's it's uh, you know the honey badger, and that's it. And, you know, you you look for guys in the back, back end, and, you know, they've been doing this all the last couple of years. You know, the defense have been giving up so many points, so many yards. But the offense, they always rely on Patrick Mahomes just saving the day. And, you know, I talked about it last year. I said it's going to catch up to them uh, sooner or later. And now it's catching up to those guys that you just can't go in a shootout every week and, and just think that you're going to beat everybody. So give me some of the positives of the 3-0 and Raiders start. The obvious is they haven't lost a game, but also any concerns that you have. Right now, I don't have any concerns. Uh, you know, the, the special teams is playing well. You know, and a lot of people don't talk about it, but – you know, he's keeping them in a lot of games and extending overtime games, you know, with the field goal kicker, uh, the defensive side of the ball. I love what they're doing up front. Uh, they're mixing up the coverages on the back end, giving these op- guys the opportunity to see the ball while it's in the air and be able to make plays. And they're getting after the quarterback. And, you know, they're they're using uh, their weapons as well. I see, you know, Renfro, um, they're utilizing him a lot more uh, in second and third down plays. Uh, Ruggs is finally getting into the mix, stretching that defense and making those guys uh, cover him. And obviously, you know, we talk about Waller. 
every week. He's a he's a he's a nightmare for any team. So they're they're clicking on all cylinders, man. And you know the Raider Nation is is excited as they should be. You know it's been a long time since they've been three and zero. Car, you know I'm real critical about Car over the years, but uh, he starts off like this all the time. So we're going to see if he's able to be consistent and continue to lead this franchise in the right direction because that division is tough. Well, that's the problem there, and one of the best divisions, both of the West divisions in the NFL, NFC, and AFC are just insane, so they definitely have to, the Raiders have to take care of business outside the division. Well, they're in the division this week, and it's the Chargers, and uh, the Chargers have looked good. I think the Chargers have some flaws as well, so I don't know. I, I don't know if this is a toss-up game. I think the Chargers may win the game, but I also think a great equalizer is going to be the L.A. Raider fan showing up the SoFi. And t- <laughs> they're going to take things over. <laughs> oh, they're they're going to take SoFi over, man. They, they're going to be in there thick, and you know, the Chargers are coming off a big road win uh, in Kansas City, so I'm sure they're they're excited about that. But like I said, you know, the Raiders have played on the road. They've won on the road already in the hostile environment in Pittsburgh. Uh, so now they go to Sci-Fi, which is almost going to be like a home game for those guys because uh, Raiders, you know, it's 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 their home state. You know, they, they still think they're the uh, Oakland L.A. Raiders. So it would be exciting. Um, you know, the quarterback is still young, you know, but he's making some plays. They're, they get after it on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but I, I'm picking the Raiders uh, probably by four in this game. Okay. Mark McMillan with us here on Cofield and Company on Thursday as we're uh, live at Silver Sevens. So, you know, the narrative around the Buccaneers and the Patriots is uh, Brady, Belichick, and, you know, the Bucks are going to go back and kick the crap out of the Patriots. I'm not so <laughs> sure it's going to happen because I think we got a sign today that the Bucks are feeling a little bit vulnerable on the back end. Interesting move bringing in Richard Sherman. Yeah, when, when Tom Brady calls – you listen. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people are upset about that, but who wouldn't want to go to play, you know, in Tampa Bay, nice weather, and play with Tom Brady and obviously uh, under Todd Bowles, who's the defensive coordinator, as well as uh, Kevin Ross, who's a defensive back coach there in Tampa Bay. So, you know, there was some concern um, about them, the way they, you know, the Rams really got after them. But, you know, they were losing some key players as well. You know, when you lose Antonio Brown, that's a big, big loss in your offensive weapon. So, um, you know, Tampa Bay – I'm still going to roll with them. You know, you got Tom Brady. They got a young secondary. Uh, Richard Sherman is going to be really good for those guys in the locker room. You know, just his experience that he brings uh, to the table. Um, He's a long guy that can get up in guys' face and and challenge those guys. So I think it's a great pickup for those guys. Mighty Mac is on the horn with Cofield and company. I want to get to the college slate. Well, you know, speaking of that, uh, you're going to be at a game on Friday night, right, at uh, Franklin Field. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Uh, coach Erlock, who's a wide receiver coach, I have a good relationship with him. Uh, he recruited my son out of high school. Um, obviously, my son was like, Dad, I, don't, I can't get into Penn. <laughs> so so I'm excited, man. This will be my first time being you know, in the, in the stadium uh, during a college game. And if anybody had the opportunity to go to Philadelphia, man, I, I advise everybody to go. Just take a tour of that field. Amazing. Take a tour of the facility. The, the stadium is is a you know it's a treasure so I'm, I'm excited man i'll be on the sideline probably pumped up coach asked me if i had any eligibility left i told him absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> all right well you went to alabama alabama apparently should be a scared of old miss and their quarterback matt corral are you a scared oh man it's uh you know lane kiffin is coming in you know he, he's excited and you know he doesn't hold back uh you follow him on social media uh he told he throws pop shots at nicks too and, you know, that's just his way of, uh, you know, getting things fired up, trying to get under people's skin. But he's not going to get under Nick's skin. So it's going to be a real tough test for us. Uh, you know, our secondary has been getting tested of late. Um, and everybody know Ole Miss can throw the ball around the yard. 
Good thing we have him at home. Um, you know, Bryce is, is coming into his own the last couple of weeks. But, you know, there's still some holes on that defense that we got to be concerned about uh, on Saturday. Georgia's been beating the snot out of people, but lesser opponents. Woo! Now they got Arkansas. They're laying almost three touchdowns. This is a pretty good game. It's a real good matchup. You know, last week I was trying to see, like, okay, if Arkansas, for real, you know, I know Texas A&M was out there, you know, without their starting quarterback. But, man, they were just punching them in the mouth. And, you know, Georgia, obviously, they can be number one in the nation the way they're playing. You know, they're playing really good on a defensive side of the ball. Uh, they get their starting quarterback uh, back this weekend as well. So this will be a good test for Arkansas. You know, if Arkansas loses this game, I don't think anybody's going to be, you know, down or jumping off the pig. You know, Arkansas has a good foundation. Uh, they got a good core. They got a good running game. And they really get after those guys. But, man, Georgia, whoo, them dogs be hunting. It's a good team, and their defense is amazing. All right, let's close on the hometown team, UNLV. Uh, you will be on the road. I will be on the road as well. I'll be in San Antonio uh, working the sidelines for UNLV football. What do we get out of the Fresno game? You know, it's, that actually was a more complete game than they've played the entire year. Fresno's good, great quarterback, really good running back. Um, now they have to go back to the mat again because UTSA, people may not know the San Antonio program, but they're 4-0. They made a bowl game last year. They got a lot of experience. I feel like the Rebels are close. Uh, but, you know, getting over the hump is going to be tough, especially with the quarterback issues. Yeah, you know, just hearing about the uh, starting quarterback, Rumford might not be playing again this week. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of questions at that position. I thought, you know, I've always said, you know, when he came into the game, uh, you know, earlier in the season against Eastern Washington, you know, he just brought a different vibe, a different life uh, to that team, and guys rallied around him. And he can make plays with his arm. Uh, he can make plays with his legs. I was talking to Randall the other day, and, Randall said, man, this guy is NFL quality. And, you know, when you have a quarterback that like that, that can play in any par five situation, you know, with his athletic ability. Um, he's still young. Uh, so, you know, they're going to lean on the chuck wagon again. And, you know, uh, he's he's been delivering. It's just going to be how many times can they continue to run him and, and not have to uh, have a, a really good backup. You right. know, cause you, you can only run a guy so much. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm a big fan of the chuck wagon, man. I think this kid can play on Sundays. Uh, you know, V is close. I know the fans are like, man, we've been close for the, like the last five or six years. We're not trying to hear that. We're trying to win some games. So, you know, coach has been doing a, a pretty good job of keeping those guys uh, focused. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be an environment that's going to be indoors. And UTSA, man, they're a good program. It's funny that you mentioned Randall. And, uh, you know, Rand Randall to me when I was watching football, I thought Randall was like the, the perfect quarterback in terms of the blend of speed and athleticism and rocket throwing arm. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm not saying Brumfield is anywhere near Randall, but from a build standpoint, he kind of is. You know, he's a thinner guy at about 205. He's 6'5", pushing 6'6". But here's the problem, and, and Randall could speak to this, and I'd love for you to ask Randall down the road. How do you balance being a tall, skinny guy where you've got more of a target area? How do you balance – you're running and being dangerous, but also being safe because Doug Brumfield has been just brutalized at times this season. So how do you balance this so that you're not hurt all the time? Um, you know, he's just he's got to get down. You know, uh, you know, that's one thing he's got to learn how to slide, uh, you know, not try to get that extra yard. You'd love that as a quarterback to go out there and try to compete. Uh, but, you know, he, he's the star quarterback of this program. And, um, you know, he's got to be able to protect himself. Uh, they got to be able to protect him a little better up front. Um, like I said, he, he's a lanky quarterback that's going to get bigger in time. But for now, he's just got to learn how to, you know, get out of bounds and slide. You know, 
uh, RG3 came into the league and, and thought it was going to be different. And, you know, his career didn't last too long with you trying to get that extra yard. So my words of wisdom to Mr. Brunfield, get out of bounds, man. Don't worry about that other yard. You know, live to play another day and, and uh, continue to, uh, you know, get better. Now, just because Mark's been going back and forth across the country and going to tailgates and football games doesn't mean he's not using the grill. So I saw this week <laughs> it looked like one of your premium meals was, uh, what, red wine braised short ribs. Oh, wee, man. That thing braised for about – I smoked it for about 20 hours uh, in, in my smoker, uh, you know, and, and wrapped it in parchment paper halfway through. So it just literally fell off the bone, as you can hear my dog. He, yeah, I think when the, you say the short dog, ribs, he the gets dog, excited. I was going to say, did the, dogs get, did the dog get the scraps? He's like, let's go. I want more ribs. <laughs> he, he gets excited. So I was able to do that with my, uh, you know, a little fit vine wine, a little, little red wine reduction, add a little mushrooms, add a little cream to the to the sauce. And just made it just that much, you know, gave it a little kick. So I, I'm excited about that. As you can hear, my dog is excited. Yeah. You know, he thinks he's going to get some short ribs a little later. <laughs> All right, Mark, be safe on the trip. Enjoy yourself. And I, uh, good luck to your Eagles. It would be great if the Eagles actually win and it would help the Raiders <laughs> if the Chiefs lose another game. We'll see what happens. Well, we're going to have a highlight. Shady's going to be a retired Eagle. So that's, that's a win for us. We'll let Mark go and take care of the dog. Mark McMillan, former Eagle, former Chief, Mighty Mac. His spot today is brought to you by Nova Home Loans. You got to call Nova Home Loans today, 577-2600. You can talk to your local loan officer to lock in at these record low interest rates before they go up. Property values have gone up 20% year over year, and so have rental rates. Quit paying your landlord these record high rental rates and purchase your dream home today. Nova Home Loans has great programs for veterans or active duty military. And if you have credit issues, need help with your down payment, Nova Home Loans offers free credit services to all their applicants and have a bunch of great down payment assistant programs. So call them now, Dustin DeHart, Nova Home Loans, 577-2600-577-2600. The show never ends. Watch the Cofield and Company Late Night Pod tonight at 9 o'clock on YouTube or at Steve Cofield on Twitter. Cofield and Company presents... Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Eight minutes left here at Silver Sevens. We'll get into the grab bag here in a second. We'll get you an update on what's going on on Thursday Night Football. Remember, every NFL game here at Silver Sevens, Flamingo and Paradise, 77-cent bottles, Bud, Bud Light, and Mick Ultra. And, again, that's every NFL game. We're talking Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays, and eventually Saturdays. When you come down, you want to sign up for A-Play. That's the Players Club. Not only do you get tremendous bonus opportunities and escalators all over the casino, but then they do the uh, gift giveaways on Tuesdays and Thursdays. The slate is out for the October gift giveaways. October 5th, gigantic beverage dispenser. October 12th, oh, yeah, love that. Chip and dip tray or barbecue set. October 19th, you got the uh, two giant serving bowls. Or even better, October 26th, another free giveaway, 12-piece dining set. That works. That all works. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, so far things are working. Candy for Jax. Uh, Carlos Hyde was inactive, had a shoulder injury. And uh, James Robinson may be getting back in the fold as he scores a touchdown. 
Uh-oh. What about everybody who's got those Cincinnati <laughs> teaser legs? Did, did you do it? No, I didn't do it. I didn't do it either. There's no way I'm trusting Cincinnati. I know. No. I didn't have the heart to do it. Every time I, I was pairing them up, I'm like, I think they could lose the game. I'm like, they're, they're no guarantee to freaking blow them out. There are people who I respect who had Jacksonville to win the AFC South tickets before the year. Yeah, it hasn't looked good, but we're three games in. I'm not going to adjust that far to trusting Cincinnati with one leg of my teaser. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So earlier in the show, we did a really quick fat pack, and we didn't get to finish it up. We were talking about Alyssa Lang, who's a sideline reporter, host with ESPN, and we'll set this up again. Uh, They were talking about snacks. And she came up with a really interesting choice. Fire this. Speaking of our A-list, yeah. snacks you would risk it all for. Not regular Skittles, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, um, okay, so we went five to one. And snacks is a little loose of a term. Yeah, this is your pick. I think for this list, because I thought we were kind of going snacks and then food. And so the first thing that popped into my head was prime rib, which should snacks surprise Snacks on me. prime rib. Let me just pull my prime rib out of my uh, pocket. Oh, boy. Who are the other people on the show? Mocking her for prime rib. Uh, we are a meaty show. Uh, of course, meats are a snack. I'll tell you my new snack. I've comboed a sausage stick. You, know, you slice it up, right? Um, and Willie Ramirez loves talking about the stinky provolone. And I forgot about the stinky provolone, so I picked up some of the stinky provolone. It's called sharp provolone. And... I started doing that with the, uh, like the sausage stick. Oh, mud on, very good, very good. Now that's a snack. So stinky provolone is not a metaphor. I assume that meant something else. You know, the stinky, <laughs> me- it's an actual. The stinky provolone is an actual thing. I thought I thought that was uh, one of your buddies from back in Jersey. Uh, it's, uh, hey, yeah, you it's, know, uh, Bobby was there. We used to call him stinky provolone. Exactly. Yeah, that's a mobster name, <laughs> or it's something in the Urban Dictionary. Hello. Yeah. I could get ugly. All right, so uh, Alyssa Lang, snacks, prime rib. Then she came up with the Sour Patch Straws. What are voodoo chips? Actually, that was uh, Andrea's pick, the, uh, okay. the other woman. Uh, they, had, they had waffle fries. These really aren't traditional snacks. These great. are like, it's like a meal. It's great. And then uh, the winner, at least their choice, was grilled cheese as a snack. That's a whole meal. I feel like... Like, I take snack. I'm really cheap. So I take snacks when I go on road trips that I can fit in my bag. I don't think I'm – and I'm, I'm – I'm, I will get adventurous. I've, I've talked about on uh, UNLV trips, I will go and get the AMPM chicken sandwich, and I'll get a couple of them and fly them with me and often not eat the second one until, like, the next day, which probably is not the best from a food sta- safety standpoint. But uh, – I figured that was extreme. I didn't. I didn't expect someone to come up with snacks, including prime rib and grilled cheese. How is it that you're out here disqualifying yourself from weighing in on this in the beginning? <laughs> like, like I was about to, you know, praise you for your prime rib cubes and vat of juice at home, and now you're telling me that you go and get obviously something you can only get in Las Vegas, an AM PM chicken sandwich, yeah. and put it in your bag. And eat it after it's been growing a culture of bacteria all night long. Like, that to me seems like you don't get to weigh in on anybody's choice of what snacks if that's what you do. Oh, if I'm ripping them? Yeah, I actually, my other one uh, that I pulled off this last trip was the 
the flight back during the day, I made sure to get a 7-Eleven. It was like an Italian wrap. And I I did eventually refrigerate that one, but I didn't. I got it on Saturday afternoon. I didn't eat it until Wednesday. But it was refrigerated for like 75% of the time. Did it have the sticky provolone? You know, it didn't. But I probably, I probably should have shaved. I know. I probably should have shaved some, uh, shaved some sticky provolone and thrown it in there. You probably, yeah, you should. You, you, you know. You get a little sticky provolone on the Italian wrap from the 7-Eleven. Come on. It's the best you're going to get. They don't have the gabagool. you got to eat the 7-Eleven. You know, it's, no, it's no good. It's a terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> no good. Um, I, I, I'm, we, are, we are all worse for having listened to that. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Did you see uh, Mick Jagger just hanging out at a Charlotte bar last night drinking a beer? And apparently no one noticed him, including the people who were sitting at the table next to him who are going to the Rolling Stones concert in Charlotte tonight. He blended in that much. I am the worst with that, though, Cofield, not just with celebrities. Like, seeing someone I didn't expect to see, even someone I know, in a setting where they're not supposed to be there, you know what I mean? Like, I, I was not anticipating that person was going to be there, is the worst. I, they'll be right in front of my face saying hello to me, and I'll be like, uh, huh, whoa. Mick Jagger, though. Man, talk about missed opportunity. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Another great photo up on Twitter. Screenshot. I didn't see first take this morning. Come on, guys. Just this morning. Come on, guys. I watch it every day. Love it. Um, you know, Dan Orlovsky has thrown out this stupid theory that Matt Nagy screwed over Justin Fields with a clunky game plan just to stick it to him and stick it to people who have been criticizing him for not playing Justin Fields. So he and Stephen A, Chiron uh, up this morning, should Justin Fields force his way out of Chicago? Guys, come on. Boy, Orlovsky and Stephen A, that is just about the perfect match of human beings, isn't it? My God, if you're going to push Max Kellerman out the door, at least make sure you got a capable replacement. And, right? Uh, Danny, Danny O feels like the right man for the job. Jeez. Thanks to Angel. All right, good job, Candy. I'm back tonight, 9 o'clock, with Dave Koken, D.C. and the Sunshine Man podcast. You can watch it at Steve Cofield. Thanks to Silver Sevens. Come on down. NFL here is awesome with 77-cent beers.